0: this is Work in Progress. If you are new here, welcome. This is your host, Carissa. In this episode, you're about to hear my conversation with one of my classmates. Her name is Eva. Eva is a senior studying communication design at Parsons. Eva began her thesis journey by asking the question, Are laws moral? The idea of morality has always interested her, but the question felt too open, too vague, so she expanded upon this question and ended up with, How does current American democracy prevent a true way of living under one's own morals? She approached the question in two different ways. Her first experiment was to redesign the voting ballot. However, that approach was focused too much on finding a solution to a very large topic. It was through her second experiment that she started to get a feel for the type of work she wanted to create. So, for her file form, Eva is rewriting the laws that only contain the word God in the U.S. Code of Law book. In total, she has found 61 laws, and when you put them in PDF, it's a total of 260 pages. And not to mention, Eva is handwriting them with a calligraphy pen. The reason for this is to really showcase the amount of Christianity referenced in these laws. She wanted to show the relationship between Christianity and American laws, to prove that it exists to prove that the state and church are not really separated. And through this project, Eva is hoping that she could present these ideas without forcing an overly critical voice. The goal is to make people aware so that they can have their own thoughts on the matter, and allow others to take action. In this episode, I learned that design or art can open conversations about difficult topics such as religion, morality, and ethics. Because if there's nothing that causes us to question it, then we'll never have those conversations so yeah this was quite a challenging interview for me but i hope people can listen to it with an open mind so i hope you enjoy thank you so much eva for being here um thanks for I- having me i'm so excited <laughs> so cuz like I said, we might get into like some serious discussions. I think that I want you to be comfortable in everything. And so I think it would be best to begin this conversation by talking about what you're actually doing, like your work, your the form of your work. And to, to me, it's so interesting how your first experiment is very much relevant to the current time. Like you redesigned the voting ballots and you got the names to be replaced with the biggest issues each candidate focused on their campaigns um, right. so that we don't yeah get distracted by their names and we were voting for the things we actually want for the country to change and i thought that was like such a great idea <laughs> that, would, that would be so cool and now that i've learned that you, you kind of took a very ancient form of writing laws. So how is that transition for, for you? Like doing something so modern that's very much relevant today to an ancient form of writing laws, like how is it transition?
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. Because um, it, it feels like those two projects couldn't be more different from each other. Um, but basically, while I was working on my first project with redesigning the voting ballots, while I was interested in like the ideas that I was presenting with voting for issues as opposed to people, it felt like there was just so much to try and tackle with that. Because once I started working on that, it opened up bigger issues. Like for example, um, I did focus on a presidential ballot for um, that project, um, but I had wanted to include more local election ballots as well and have you vote for the issues that represent senators or representatives that you wanted to vote for. But I ended up coming across these issues of like, I can't find any information on these candidates. They they run by party only. And then that calls into the question of like, okay, so then you're voting for parties specifically, and you're hoping that they represent those parties, but then it's bipartisan, but there's actually more than two parties in the US. And so it was just, it felt in a way naive to try and solve all of the issues in my project and so that's why for this one I didn't want to come into it trying to solve anything so I wanted to just explore in a completely different way and just go completely opposite to what I was doing take that super ancient approach um archaic approach to working And also just to work with my hands, because especially in this, you know, digital age and everything is online now, it it gets, you get screen fatigue. Like, I just wanted to get away from that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's so interesting how you approached it in a very traditional way. And I think I speak on behalf of everyone when they first heard or like what they know about your project is that why do you wanna write it? Like, why are you doing it such a traditional way? And like, why this form?
1: Cause I'm a masochist, apparently. <laughs> I feel like I, I am not successful in my work until I tire myself out endlessly. Um, Cause by doing that and exerting all that energy uh, and just to like, you know, put context to it, writing a 200 page book, it's 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 insane but it also becomes almost of like a performance piece at Mm -hmm. that point but yeah I just wanted to kind of integrate the suffering of doing something like that to add
0: who knows (laughs) (laughs) and how much like you are rewriting the U.S. code of law book right and so not completely I'm just um
1: taking all of the laws that contain the word god in them because mm-hmm. um, i want to show that relationship between christianity and the laws in the united states just okay. to showcase that mm-hmm. that it exists basically so it's not all of the laws that exist but it's still when it's put into a pdf with um, times new roman twelve point type it's a uh, you know 260 pages which um is a lot <laughs> yeah that
0: is, that is a lot go. God, wow
1: and that's definitely not all going to be done within like the span <laughs> of you know these couple weeks um but it's a it's something that I'd like to continue working on even after thesis nice that's nice and so how many laws again so it's a uh, 61 total laws I want to say wow yeah
0: okay Yeah. Can you explain a little bit what the medieval manuscript looked like?
1: Yeah. So basically, I know if you've ever seen like the Gutenberg Bible, which isn't a medieval manuscript, but um, it's kind of got some similarities in terms of what the type looked like. It's kind of reminiscent of like this black letter font. It goes way before then, but you got these like really heavy high contrast letters and you also have these extremely large margins that just add to this super grand traditional feel to it and a lot of them with the medieval manuscripts in particular they're covered in these illustrations these gigantic drop caps these um gold gilded letters and just you know it has to be grand it has to be big
0: it has (laughs) to be gold (laughs) it's really pretty the two the illustrations are very pretty too and why do you think that rewriting it could be would be the best way to show like how archaic these laws are because I feel like that's the that's the
1: purest form of Mm -hmm. law I mean other than you know carving it into stone which um Mm -hmm. I'm not about that. <laughs> uh, that's definitely not happening. But um, in terms of trying to make it a PDF format or a website, it's so easy to just scroll through everything or control F and find exactly what you need to find. When you have that physical form in front of you, you can really see the weight and the amount.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so that's why I felt like that was the most effective way.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I, I do see it like this way too. Like, um, I think you're also trying to show um how outdated the US code of laws are. So right. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the symbolism behind a rewriting? The symbolism behind a rewriting.
1: <laughs> well, I guess it could go back to the fact that these laws are changed constantly. They they are, but a lot of the times they're rewritten to include more religious language like for example take the the pledge of allegiance that you know people kids have to say every day in school originally it didn't contain the word god but it wasn't until you know
0: a hundred years
1: after where they're like oh we need to implement a closer relationship to god in our language and so i guess just um, the the effort that was put to changing that Changing those laws to include that, I kind of want to recreate that and rewriting it.
0: Right. Yeah. So and
1: makes any sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I when I thought of that question, I'm like, whoa. But no, you're good. You're good. That's 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 amazing. I didn't know that actually. Wow. Um, because I always thought because this is just how it is since the beginning. Uh, but <laughs> don't worry, you're good. I. I saw from your Instagram post, you started writing. Uh, how is that? It's, um,
1: it's almost a meditative process. It's kind of scary. Because <laughs> <laughs> you you, on one hand, have to really focus on the language because, oh my gosh, these laws. Every <laughs> sentence, if you're not focusing, you'll completely lose where you're at because every sentence sounds like the sentence before it with just some of the words slightly changed. So you gotta focus on it, but at the same time you're doing this super tedious, repetitive task. So of course your mind just like goes elsewhere. So it's this constant like focusing on not messing up on your paper, focusing on not messing up the words, also trying to understand the language of the laws that you're reading. Cause that's another interesting thing. Like the way that laws are written, they're not written to be understood, which is so funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they are yeah, written yeah. to kind of trap you <laughs> into exactly. yeah. not understanding how it
0: works yeah and because you keep saying like this religious language then is it is it very religious it's funny because it's really not religious i mean not that
1: religious the way that the word god and i i chose god specifically because you find it the most often and it's just it's not even that the laws are that overtly religious it's just that they happen to just throw them throw that word randomly throughout the law. For example, I think the most common instance of that word that I've seen throughout those laws is a lot of um, work-related laws and allowing what you're allowed to be missing work for, and half of the time it's an act of God that you're missing work for. Wow. So, yeah, and, it, and it's thrown into, you know, right next to regular common things like oh you know you you became sick yeah you lost a family member there was an act of god and it's just like that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> it just gets to show like you know subconsciously even if they're not trying to be overtly religious it's there mm. and it's in america where it's supposed to be this melting pot of different mm. religions and acceptance and it's just an underhanded thing of oh but is it really <laughs> So,
0: funny, like, if either of us can skip class and we can just say, oh, it's the act of God, we can leave Exactly, play. exactly. Hi. Sorry, I can't come in, you
1: know, act of God, it was raining. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh, usually used in terms of weather, like, that's what it's supposed to be referencing, or, like, if there was an earthquake, it's,
0: oh, I can't come in, act of God, you know. And h- how did you come up with your own, like, calligraphy style?
1: Uh, I- basically looked through different type that I liked and that I felt like I was also able to mimic because I had never done calligraphy before and I had to teach myself last
0: semester. That's hard Uh, to believe. I swear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're too kind. I mean, but I I did have a period last semester where I I couldn't use my wrist anymore because it was just hurting from practicing so much. So I had to take like a week break. But yeah, so I tried to choose something that was reasonable. Um, And also still legible, but still evoked that feeling of like, oh yeah, this was not, this is not recent. This doesn't look recent.
0: And it has evolved to be a performance piece. How how are you uh, recording it so far? I'm recording it
1: on my phone just because of the amount of recordings that I'm going to have to be taking. And also my phone is like the easiest way to get it on something so that you can have it at an angle and actually see what I'm writing. It's also not about how pretty the recording looks. It's about the fact that, oh, you wrote for four hours <laughs> and,
0: and you have that yeah. recorded down.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I feel like watching it itself is already, you can feel the the tense. Now uh, I kind of want to talk about research. Um, I remember, yeah, we can like, Um, time traveled like a few months ago I remember in class we had this homework where we had to submit our research and but I think for that week I looked at yours I opened it and I just I remember seeing like pages of pages of just like words and questions and I thought like this girl is insane (laughs) like when I thought I was doing a lot like this is nothing compared to yours Oh no that's so not true like I, I'm curious to know then, has this always been your way of working, like collecting information, like coming up with so many questions to the point that you kind of ran out of them and then you went deep into your research? Like, um, That's
1: a good question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say
1: that I guess I just go into research until I find something. And when I hold on to that something, that's it and um, and then there's no going from there. and i and I come up with something that obsessively centers around that something and refuse to do anything else but work on it. So once I've like decided, it's really hard to push me away from doing anything else,
0: yeah, yeah, and because you're you're super dedicated, and I have to say this earlier in the conversation, I don't know much about the u s code or the U.S. institution, but what I do know is that you're you're super dedicated to to research, to your own work. Since you're recording every instance of the word God, how many total did you find again? Uh, so it was 61 laws
1: altogether, mm-hmm. and um, in those laws, it, it was written a couple of times, so I'd say it was probably around like 150 instances or so.
0: 150, wow. <laughs> And I know you asked this in your presentation, or you wrote it, why do you think the word God is used so casually? I mean, it's it's used in the way
1: that we speak as well, like saying, oh my God, you know, or right. Jesus Christ, like, it is in common language. So that that is also kind of a fault of the English language as well. But when it's used in something that's supposed to be so official, you can't mm-hmm. excuse it anymore. It's just you know, commonality, like no one uses act of God in common speech. Um, But in in terms of like why I think it was used, just because primarily America had been a pretty Christian nation and it still considers itself as a Christian nation. But it's interesting to hear that because as the years go on and more and more people come into the country and also more and more people having completely differing uh spiritual views regardless of whether they are pure blood american or not it's interesting to still see that language being used and also vehemently defended like i remember um living in texas for a while i had a, a couple friends that were atheist and they didn't feel comfortable um saying the pledge of allegiance in the mornings and so they would stand up out of respect. But a couple of times I would see my friends being sent to detention for not saying it. And so it's, it's that that I find really interesting that it's still this point of contention.
0: Wow. And like based on like the amount of instances or like according to your, the record that you found, what do you think is the relationship now between the church and state in the United States? I
1: think it likes to think that it is separate and I think that would be the ideal Um, and I think even people that argue for their specific goals as politicians think that they're separating it but it's just so integrated into like their beliefs are just so integrated to their ideas as a whole and it like goes back into my initial questions of like the relationship between morality and religion and laws and how those kind of intermingle with each other. Um, and, I, and I think it's just a result of the mindset of a lot of the people that are creating these laws um, because their beliefs and what is right does commingle with their beliefs and religion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That actually relates to the, the next few questions I'm going to ask you. Oh, great! Um, which, <laughs> which is where the conversation is going to go a bit deep and serious. So again, feel comfortable and express what you want to say. Um, Yeah, you have the question, like, how does American democracy prevent a true way of living under one's own morals? Yeah. What do you think is the true way of living under one's morals? Like, What does it mean to you? I mean,
1: if we're being like, you know, ideal or technical at least anarchy is probably the only true way of being able to live under your own morals Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a scary thought right because you know different people have different ideas of what is right and wrong and so we we do create laws to at least create some sort of equal ground as to what society generally thinks is right and wrong but then you're always faced with these morally gray questions, like, you know, the, the lady that killed her husband in self-defense, should she go to prison? The, the person stealing food for their newborn child because they're poor, should they get they, these like gray questions? And it's like, well, what is the moral answer? And then what is the legal answer? And a lot of the times they tend to be two different things. Yeah, yeah. And also depending on perspective. Some people will say, yeah, that's right. Some people say no, that's absolutely unreal
0: and unbelievable that they would do that. You're right. And do you think that the American democracy has prevented or is preventing you from living under your own morals? No, not necessarily, because I don't feel
1: like killing people. Um
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that that surprised me. <laughs>
1: No, but I mean, like, um, outside of that, they don't inhibit me, per se, but I know other people that it may clash with what they think should be okay. Like, take, for example, you know, the legalization of marijuana and other drugs, or at least a decriminalization. I know that that affects a lot of people. And in terms of whether that's right or wrong, and, you know, it changes based off of who you talk to, or, you know, gay marriage. Yeah. To the a lot of people it's abhorrent that that could be legalized but to other people it's their necessity for feeling equal and and that's not even the beginnings of equality but yeah
0: do you think that morals change over time oh 100
1: sorry Mm -hmm. i interrupted no no, no 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 go i mean you take a look at ancient rome and gladiators and they're like yeah let's have the slaves like fight the tigers or lions or whatever animals that they had over there yeah you know you look at that today it's like what no or even more recently public executions were a thing like just a 100 years ago yeah. uh, even less than in some places like um what was it france's last use of the guillotine i want to say was like 1960 something
0: <laughs>
1: um and and we look at that today and it's like wow <laughs> How could you just chop heads off in front of people? Now, I I don't think that their use of the gay was used in front of people in the 1960s, but Mm -hmm. regardless, it was, you know, back in what what, the 1700s, it was like, oh, or what should we do today uh, with the kids? Oh, there's the the public hanging. So let's go watch that with the kids. And that was just normal Moral thing because it, yeah, it was yeah, morally yeah. right because it's like the person's being punished and we need to see them being punished for their sins or whatever they did wrong.
0: Oh, I enjoyed how you just come up with so many examples. Like, <laughs> look at this age, look at this year. Like, wh- wow, Ev, he know a lot.
1: No, I just pull stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that is an impressive skill to have. Honestly, um, yeah. When I when I said earlier on that I I don't know a lot about the topic, but I did I did a couple of research uh, to kind of understand like why does the US want to separate church and state? So I kind of learned that America was like the safe haven that people wanted to get out of from Europe because right. because like Europe at a time was was under monarchy, very much controlled by religious institution, which mm-hmm. was Christianity, and like this whole "it is every monarch's divine right to rule" thing, um, right. And a lot of religious persecution, yeah. Yeah, and so like I, the way I understood is that America wants to separate the religious institution from how the government works, and like in American democracy today, uh, the leader is legitimized by the people's popular support. Right. And rebut this if I'm wrong, but <laughs> don't, don't you think the the U.S. is kind of already doing that, separating the church and state with the whole voting system?
1: Um, I, I do think that it's, it's not like they're doing a bad job of it. And, and that's why I'm not trying to kind of attack people with this, uh, this project that I'm doing. It's just more so like a, a reminder, like to keep things in mind that how do we feel about that? You know, what do we think about that? Do we think that that's, that makes sense for where we're at as a country and where we're trying to go as a country? Um, But I know that some people would argue that, no, sometimes they're not doing a great job of keeping religion and government separately, maybe under how the government is working, technically, but a lot of the politicians themselves tend to rule by what they believe is correct, and it's like what I referenced earlier, and what they believe is correct happens a lot of the time to be what they believe in religiously and there's nothing inherently wrong with that especially if that's what people are voting for but it's when minorities aren't able to express what they would like to be implemented in office when that becomes an issue Especially since the majority of the U.S. is technically Christian, but it's not the majority by such a wide margin. Like it's not like a ninety-nine percent type deal.
0: Right, right. And I, I have been thinking a lot about like what you said earlier. Like we use the word God so casually, and but once it's put in the laws, they're like, oh, whoa, you can't break the rule now. You, you, it's become like a legitimate excuse to like not go to school or go to work, and the way i kind of see is that religion ideology like the american law they're both very much trying to define what is right and wrong and like you said everyone everything in society is always changing and i think that's why laws are somehow more malleable than religion that Mm -hmm. whereas like the rules in religion have been the same for for so long for centuries while laws are frequently changed as you said do you think then laws are becoming more like religion like we can't bend it it's so strict we must follow it mm. yeah you know, what do you think that's interesting um i guess it depends on who you talk to
1: because i know people that would blindly follow authority with no questions asked and that's not too different from following a religious authority figure but then there are always people that question but i do think that yeah there there are people that can see the law is not too different from how they
0: would treat religion. Yeah, and you said that in your presentation that the the way Christianity is engraved in the the laws are, are somewhat concerning, and I want to know why. Why is it concerning for you? I I mean, I guess the reason why I would
1: say it's, it's concerning is it, it shows a reluctancy to move forward, and the reason why I'm saying move forward, not to say that. Religion is the past, but to say that America itself is not this gigantic religious hub. And so that's why I can see it holding the country back in a way to be prevented by those ideas.
0: Mm -hmm. And, well, this has become
1: hard. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's why I had to like think about that last question. Like, how do I phrase
0: this? then you think it's it's right to have this much values of religion in the U.S. laws? I mean, it, it, I think it should be separate,
1: <laughs> ultimately.
0: How, how much do you think it should be separated?
1: I mean, I think that not including religious language so flippantly is one way. And see, like, this is where it gets tricky because it's like, well, you can't say that politicians shouldn't be able to make laws based on religion, because ultimately, you can't stop people from believing what they believe in. And they, and there's nothing wrong with being religious. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing wrong with the voting in that way, as a politician, if that's what your constituents are pushing for as well. So it's, it's tricky, which is why I don't want to say that it's the wrong way. I just want people to think about it. And Just maybe like bring attention to things that they hadn't considered before yeah and let people consider like how do i feel about this do i feel that this is right do i feel that this is in line with what should be going on because if not then that's fine if that's collectively how we feel as a nation that this is cool then that's cool you know (laughs) there's so much more than any one person can ultimately understand there's so many issues And there's so many questions as to what truly is right and wrong, because that's, that's dependent on every single person. And I think that's why I am more for it being separate from religion, because of the fact that what is right and wrong changes from person to person.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But, uh, but then it's also tricky, because you want to have some sort of
0: like stability. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, when I was also like studying your topic that I had the same thought too. I had Like, if we're going to, I guess, strip away all their religious values from the laws, then what sort of pillars do we, like, look up to? Uh,
1: And then it also, like, it leads into, well, how do we treat people that break the law? Like, you know, recently, and it's not just recently, it it had been in talks for several decades before, but it's been reignited with the idea of abolition, abolition of prisons, and transforming them into uh, rehabilitation centers. Um, and just like, how would things change if we treated people that broke the law in a different way? Would that help the country? Would it make things worse? Like what, what change would that enact? And so it's like, it, it goes more than just the writing of the laws, but also what happens when you break them? What are the uh, consequences of it?
0: Yeah, yeah. You think there are kind of like new laws that are heavily based on religion today?
1: oh, well, if you want to open up a can of worms, we can talk about abortion. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Uh, And I'll just leave it at that. I feel like that's (laughs) enough to answer that
0: question. Of course, I understand. Um, There's a story I I, want to share with you, if if it's okay with you. But it's very much related to your question that that you asked, I think, last semester. You asked that um, our law is moral. Yeah. And when I was in high school, I had this class called Theory of Knowledge, and I think that was the first time that I started questioning Islamic laws in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found this punishment called public caning, where where it's like you're punished for drinking alcohol, for having sex before marriage. Mm-hmm. And when I found out about that, it was it was very brutal, and it was not moral. And in my head, I just kept asking, like, how how come a religion that is that's been teaching me everything about life. Can be very violent at the same time. I mean, I, I told my dad about this, and I feel yeah. like as if I was making a sin. And the reason why I I shared this with you is that I I want to know if you, if you if you had a story behind the reason, like why you asked that question. Why did you ask our laws, moral?
1: Well, um, and, and that's such a great anecdote that you just shared because it really pinpoints like. The basis of that question, like perfectly, encapsulates it, and mm-hmm. that that questioning, like, then what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I guess it started with like growing up and questioning the idea of heaven and hell, because I could never understand how it could exist, because it felt like you could you could say like there's no such thing as tr- 100% good people and no such thing as 100% evil people. But just because you do one bad thing in your life, does that equate to deserving to burn in hell eternally, you know, and then defining what that bad thing is and how can we define what that bad thing is? And so it led me to question morality and ethics and how do you figure out what's right and wrong without religion, because a lot of the times you can question it because it just it doesn't feel morally right to you yeah yeah. um and then the same can go for laws when you see these unjust laws being created and not just in america um and i i don't have my personal anecdote with laws but it more so stemmed from my personal questionings of religion
0: yeah because i I remember like when you asked that question last semester, I was like, whoa, that that took me back. Time <laughs> where, like, I yeah, I was going through like a lot of like a lot in my head, like, oh, my God. And if this is OK with you, we we relate this back to your project. Again. Sure. <laughs> and I think you said something very nice in your thesis statement. You wrote that information is power and I want to use design to inform people of the answer to my question above. And how do you think designing an entire book helped you answer or explore those questions?
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I realized that this project that I'm doing is a lot more on the conceptual side. And it almost feels more of like a fine art piece as opposed to like a design thesis that you would show. Because mm-hmm. um, where I picture this book being is essentially in, in an art gallery for, for people to sit and look at and think
0: right.
1: much like you'd look at a painting look at the subject matter and draw your own conclusions to how you feel based off of looking at that subject matter what questions does does that arise in you and i guess that's that's what i'm going for with this like what do you feel when you look at that what do you feel when you look at this book what do you think you know right. cuz when we don't come into anything that would cause us to question it then a lot of the times we won't have a reason to go in there. We get distracted with what's important to us in our circle and everyone's guilty of this. I'm guilty of it. And so it helps to, you know, take in art and media so that you can open your mind to things that you wouldn't normally consider
0: and just come up with more ideas to talk about, you know, at a a dinner table. With, the next few questions are like just some, some closing questions. Sure. And something I asked to everyone else. Um, I want to ask you what you learned from thesis class from day one up to this point. And what kind of advice would you give to, to anyone who's about to start his or her thesis project? Okay.
1: Well, um, you know, something that I got through this process is uh, it can be really interesting when you just write down questions and ideas that come to you immediately before you've been settling on a topic and just seeing where your brain goes to when you're not thinking about what to create just like the ideas that you're interested in I learned so much through seeing other people's projects and just seeing their um, number one how they present has been really cool to watch because um, it's been more than just you know typical powerpoints with like text and then next slide and then text and next slide. So it's taught me a lot about presenting and also just the way that people work has been really interesting to see everyone has like a different design process that they go through. And in terms of advice, I think just like, you know, figuring out what things interest you and um, not being afraid to do something that doesn't feel correct for other people. Yeah, because ultimately this is going to be the last time that you can create something for yourself without worrying about wasting time doing it. After this, it's like you you work for clients. You have clients that you got to work for. And then any special projects you have, they're on your own time. And you are wasting money and time if you want to see it that way. Or if you have the money and time, then that's great. But basically just see this as like a a final time to just create what you want to create and what feels right for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. I feel like it's something that I need as well. And I think you said it way better than I could ever say it. You're right. Like this freedom that we have to do the thing that we like, even if it seems wrong for other people. Yeah. Yep. That's all the questions I have for you today. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me use your time to help me with my thesis. No, thank you. It's been fun and it's been cool. (laughs) and I want to thank you and, and your project for, for allowing me to, to have that moment of the like, questions and thinking oh
1: I'm <laughs> so glad
0: <laughs> yeah was, thanks for picking my brain
1: it's felt very uh. good <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay um, I want to wish you good luck in the next few weeks and I hope you don't hurt your hand too much <laughs> um, I can't wait to see the results, honestly. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Well, good luck with the rest of your episodes. I'm, I'm so excited to watch more of them or listen to more of them. Thank you so Alrighty.
0: much. All right. See ya. Bye.